smoking and growing and watching prohibition fall down. DGC, what is up? What's up here is good stuff. Had some special guests, had to fire up the camera, loving in her eyes. What's up? Hi, Scotty. It's nice to see you again. It is nice to see you. I love that big smile. And Andy. Hey, Scotty. How's it going? I love that big smile, too, man. I do. <laughs> love to see y'all when you show up. And it's been a while. Uh, first off, Banner. Oh, hey. Yeah, man. I have that Banner <laughs> sit in. Because first off, you introduced me to Lovin'. And uh, yeah, man, I am so impressed by her. Just actually by you in uh, general, I will say overall, but by your growing, by what you do. And we were talking about what it takes to grow. You know, my, my idea is to grow from, get people growing. I want to get them growing good weed that they're proud of, you know, weed that they really enjoy smoking, that they want to share to get, I'll say I want them to grow on a scale from one to 10 in eight. You know, I'm happy you grow in eight You're psyched, you know, it's, it's all good to get those extra couple points to go from an eight to, wow, this is some of the best weed I've ever smoked. This is the best weed I've ever smoked. This is a 10. You know, if there's ever a 10, this is a 10. That takes a lot more effort, man. And we were just, I don't know, we were just bullshitting about that before we turned the cameras on. It does take a little bit more effort to get those last couple points. Uh, in my opinion, a lot of it happens, uh, you're growing a flower that has resin on it, that has trichomes that are very, uh, they, they can fall off easily. They can break easily. They can smear, smudge. So for me to get those extra couple points, I, I find it's very important to be very careful to not squeeze your plants, always touching them. Um, the, you know, we talked about the last episode I did with you, like the abuse of the plants, sure. um, the abuse and the neglect is very hard. And uh, especially during post-processing, when you're hanging plants being too close together or shaking them off or people that pile their plants yeah. one on top of another, um, all of those takes away that freshest, most ripe part of the resin and it falls off. And so you lose that extra oomph. Yeah. Um, so for me, it, it's being very careful and meticulous when you trim and uh, and really going along with the flower. Right. And not shaking it in a bag or. Oh, yeah. I mean, you uh, see the trichomes are little bubbles on top of a stalk. You know, yeah, yeah, you can exactly. See how... So I try to keep them all intact, right? Doing everything you can to keep them intact. That's so post post harvest, you're saying there's all that. You know what? You are right. A lot of it does have to do with what you do as you harvest it, and when you and after you harvest it. Sure, or even people that shake their their cannabis in jars. You know, like you sit there and roll it around and shake the jar. Nah. You're just shaking all of the good stuff uh -uh. off of it. And it attaches to the glass. We made a cartoon character called the Terp Burglar, man. You know, <laughs> we burgling my Terps, yo. It's kind of like those people at Supers that roll your avocados down the thing. Oh, oh yeah, that's not cool, man. I'll bag not it myself. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, no bruises. Man, I don't know where should we start. The reason I, I fired up the camera. Guru, do we have the uh, the bud cam? The bud cam is on. Okay, man. Ooh. She came. What's Loving came cam? with gifts, and I just wanted to fire it up, man. That's the bud cam right there. 
I just wanted, I just wanted to share in public. This is actually something you gave me uh, last uh, last visit. And of course I haven't popped the seeds yet. I'm always waiting, like I gotta be ready. You know, before I pop good seeds, I gotta be ready. You don't wanna, sure. waste, you don't wanna waste them. You yeah. wanna give them the best. So this is Galactic Grape, Grape Diamonds by Stardog9. Is this, yes. is this the one, man? Uh, it's, it's a building <laughs> block. It, it was a building block. Yeah. Uh, when I first entered into breeding, it was a new space for me. So I had to find plants that, uh, that spoke to me, plants that I enjoyed for various reasons, whether it was their flowering time, uh, their terpene profile, <laughs> um, their, the frame, all, all kinds of things. Um, I pay attention to all of that. So I find plants that I think would be a good marriage and I put them together and I then will go through and grow those seeds and then try to find the plant that was the vision I had for that cross. And so everything is done with intention and I then will hunt through find what I want and then continue that process. And so you'll see other things. Like once you open your box, you'll see what one of the galactic grapes made crossing it into something else because I had a new vision. I wanted that vision to evolve and I want to create the plant that I visualize going well with that terpene profile. And it's, we spend a lot of our time having this very conversation. <laughs> Why? are we putting these plants together? It's not just, well, let's get some pollen, let's reverse a female or get a male and cross it in every single thing that we have and hope that something comes out good. We spend hours and hours and hours and hours talking about well, why this plant into this plant? Why, is it how it grows? Is it the terpenes, like she said, is it the structure? Is it an overall picture? And right. Yeah. And it sounds when you say marriage, I was actually, so high C has been with us. How, how many months? I don't know, About six, seven months. months, eight months. And so he's learning all about plants. And so today he comes in, he says, yo, I was learning about this Michael, Ri Michael Risey, <laughs> the Michael Risey network <laughs> and how it's, uh, you know, plants communicate with each other and whatnot. And I'm kind of getting, I'm kind of getting him to understand that plants are sentient, you know, that they do. They do, uh, I don't know, I think they feel things. I think they hear things. I took your advice and read that book. What was it, The Secret Life of Plants? Yeah. Yep. A little dry, a little dry, <laughs> but, but really interesting. You start right? realizing. I heard recently, I was listening to some scientific thing that says, you know, some scientific journal, but it says that plants have basically like a, heart, a heartbeat, but it takes like three or four hours for each beat so we don't catch it. It's just too slow. Anyway, but I'm talking to him about how plants are alive. And I said, my friend loving in her eyes, when I ask her about what some of her extra things are, what makes her so, her, her weed come out so good, you say it's hanging out with your plants, or at least I've heard you say that to me before. Sure. Just having a personal relationship with your plants, um, having a grow that you're interested in, growing plants that you have, uh, you have a personal responsibility to help that plant thrive. Um, that to me is really important. And yeah. Thinking I treat my plants like a cat. You know, I hang out with them most days, but every now and again, I go away for the weekend. Hope everything's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you gotta scoop the litter once in a while. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've gone away plenty of times and thought, yeah, it's just one or two days <sighs> or it's just a few days. And, uh, it, all of those is a knockdown. 
Like you, you, you're always playing catch up. I feel. I feel that. I feel like you can over tinker though. There's sometimes <laughs> I feel. I find that hard. We'll we'll work in a in a, in a room and do a lot, maybe for right. a day, two, three, however long. Close the door, leave them alone for a day, and they're. I feel like they kind of say, you know, just leave us. Let us do our thing. But yeah. Like you say, they're alive. They're they're very much alive, more so than what we probably even give them credit for. Yeah, and sometimes you know, after you can you can tinker almost too much. What? I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> do y'all do straight up A/B testing? I'm trying to figure out how to get that last, uh, you know, to get up there, man, to get that nine ten weed. Do you all do certain like variable control? This one we're doing eight hundred ppm. This one we're doing twelve. Is it that dry? I mean, we're always changing something. That's one thing that she always taught me was we've. Got to, as soon as we keep doing the same thing over and over, we're never going to progress. It's never going to get any better. We're never going to learn anymore. Sure. So we're always changing something, sometimes more than one thing, but there's always something. And sometimes it is, like you say, PPMs of food. Sometimes it's PPMs of CO2. Sometimes it's light intensity, light schedules. Uh, we play around Manicuring with- techniques, irrigation techniques. Yeah. Uh, oh. Are y'all in that? Like, uh, we were just getting into crop steering lately. We're kind of learning what that is. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with the term? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just became familiar. But And then I just started thinking about steering my car. And like little tiny changes will make big dramatic differences, you know? Right. Don't down that road. Don't go like that a little bit too much, you know? Right. But uh, yeah, so I think about we're all crop steering. I think gurus taught us that. But so how deep do y'all get into it? You know, it really depends on what your end game is. As far as I'm concerned, uh, it, like you have different end games in growing. Not everybody grows for the same reasons. 100% right. Um, and like so because weed. of that, uh, sure, like some some growers will choose to stay within VPD because they want that aggressive growth and that fleshy green growth. And it's great because you get very large yields. Um, but sometimes it is at... Uh, you, you lose some of the quality. Uh, really? So at VPD, you're saying you'll get... Not, not necessarily at VPD, but, it, you know, some growers grow for biomass and some growers grow to actually uh, get that plant to show its most maximum expressions sure. instead of its yield. maximus yield. Yeah, yield or quality. Um, and so we aren't yield type growers. Our interests lie elsewhere. Um, Our interest line expressions, colors, terpenes, how coated can something get in resin? And sometimes that requires us to, like you were talking about, the uh, crop steering. We have been lately playing with some of those principles in order to further kind of what we do. She's more of the holistic kind of. Sure feeling and things like that. I think that. you like to call it hippy dippy. I will not anymore. <laughs> I was like, oh, I should have said that. Mm. But, yeah, uh, I regret that one. Okay. I do. I, I, <laughs> I get a little bit more into the technicalities of something like crop steering and, you know, sure. EC and moisture content and soil and things like that. And he's very scientific. It makes a, okay. it makes a good, it makes a good, Balance because there's times I'll go down the, the wormhole of data and numbers and theory and science and you know things like that, and she'll come over and just how about this? And she does her whole thing, <laughs> sure. and she's just that's great and everything, but you know, it's a, it's a nice balance, it's a nice yeah. balance of two different approaches, two different 
thought processes. I and we, we both give each other the, the, the time of day and try to listen to each other fully because we both have something to offer sure. the conversation and the grow. My um, mom and dad were pretty damn different. <laughs> I remember that, you know? <laughs> takes a village, man. No. Takes- yeah. No, just thinking about that. You're raising the girls, man. There's a bunch of girls that you're looking after and you got two different personalities doing it. It's pretty neat. It is. It is. It's you nice. Think, it's easy to think. If you think of, tell people about growing, I was telling, telling High C that if you uh, think of plants like people, it really does make it easy to understand that. We need just the right amount of air. You know, if it's too hot, BPD. If it's too hot or humid or too hot and humid, I'm not going to be able to perform. You give me the perfect heat and humidity, I'll be able to perform best, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I breathe in oxygen. I breathe out carbon dioxide. They breathe in oxygen, breathe, or breathe out breathe in carbon dioxide, breathe out oxygen. It's like we're breathing each other's breath. You know, it's not that difficult to imagine what it's like to be a plant. If you just slow down and realize they're alive. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, man, you guys want to, this is supposed to be just opening up gifts. Yeah. Banner, you ready? This is where Banner's going to shine (laughs) because I love to just hear what y'all's life is about. A little bit about the grow. But uh, yeah, Banner, you know about all the flavors. Come on, let's get into it, man. Before I get into it, just so we can learn a little bit more, tell me the Instagram drama because how do we find you on Instagram? I know they keep on erasing Uh, your accounts. I want to see your dank weed on IG. Yes, I have had a couple of accounts removed from Instagram. Right now, my handle is lovin, L-O-V-I-N, underscore, I-N, underscore, her, underscore, eyes, 3.0. I also have a 4.0 and a lovin seeds. Uh, Those are my three accounts. However, there are a lot of scam accounts that are popping up regularly. It was bullshit. We were just bullshit about this before, and my mouth was kind of open. I was gobsmacked. I was like, no, this shit happens. But it did have Dude Grows got hacked one time to where it was like a Dude Grows zero, you know, dot zero or something. And a, hey, you won. Give us your email and bank information. That happens to you? That absolutely happens. And uh, not only that, uh, it happens oftentimes when I'm sleeping. The scammers will come in and pillage through my comments and uh, tell them to email a fake like loving in her eyes 3.0 at gmail and then they'll try to get you to buy seeds or send them money yeah. um and and do things like that and it looks very similar to me right. uh, because they're just missing one letter or a different punctuation so it's really important for anybody on the internet to do their due diligence and check spelling correctly and maybe even consider going to uh, the person's website through contact. So I try to uh, encourage anybody to come to my website because you can email me directly through my website. Right. And it sounds uh, like one of those, what, what generation are we on now? Is this the I generation or whatever? Like, dude, dude, go off IG and you go www, the thing with the dot com at the end, that's a website. You can go, you know what I mean? That's actually the easiest way and will be in the future to make sure you're following our correct social medias. Just yesterday, we embedded our main social media feed from Instagram into the website and oh, right on. to the social media. So if you go to lovinginhereyes.com, right. 
you'll be able to make sure that you're, whether it's an email or signing up for our like, right. email list or going to our social media, it'll be direct links and our new packaging, our new Mylar bags and uh, seed packaging is going to have QR codes for people that are into that. And the QR code will link you directly to our website. And our okay. Socials. Easy so enough. We're trying to get around it. Well, I guess it's just... You're doing such a great job. I mean, everything. We're just looking at the new packaging every day. Every time it gets better. Uh, this is very cool. This looks like it's like something from the government. So it's like <laughs> not counterfeit. <laughs> but you're doing such a good job. And it Thank takes you. a lot of work. We were talking about that. And to have somebody go and try to capitalize off your good name and rip you off is bullshit, man. So I'm against it. I'll do anything I can to help. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, it, it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating, but it's part of the... It's part of the internet world. There's nothing you can really do but encourage people to go through the right avenues. Um, like even once you find my Instagram handle from my website, um, or if you're on Instagram, you can click in my bio and go directly to the website. So you don't even have to type in the www. It's, right. It's very easy. Um, and the kids I, don't do that anyway. I don't even do that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. I do want to ask okay. y'all. Yeah. Hang on. No, I'm going to look at these first. Look for stuff. What do we got here? Ooh, Ooh an earring, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. Thank you. It's a does hat pin. Does this make me part of the club? It can if you want. All right, deal. Yes, I want, to be, part. I want to be part of the club, damn it. <laughs> All right, let's see what we got here. So I'm part of your club. <laughs> yes. Pearl Cadillac. Okay, Spanish Moon, I know about. Spanish Moon is that evening weed, right? She looks very evening-esque. That's, that's I, the super purple, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, okay, so Spanish Moon by Spanish Moon and Spanish Moon by Winterberry. Very cool. Do any of these, do uh, they mean anything to you, man? Do you know anything? Mm -hmm. We've actually smoked a Spanish Moon, but... Yeah, we had some Spanish moon last time. Yeah, super purple. Tell me about it. What What's up with these? Give me some. Why did you put these together? Well, Spanish moon uh, was just one of those plants. So we, we make all kinds of plants. We, we, we do plant marriages all the time. And uh, Spanish moon was one of those that really worked. It was something that... Uh, it's, it, it yields well enough. Uh, the colors are fantastic, really unique style terpenes, uh, a really nice purple color with the orange, uh, uh, I guess, uh, I always call them pistols, but I believe that they're... Uh, orange pistols, yeah, no. No, but uh, stipple are, I don't know, I'm bad on the... Orange hairs. <laughs> right. Yeah, hey, when I find yeah, out fine. on the show, I've been calling something the wrong thing for like eight years. Oh, what can you, you do? Know, there's, there's a lot of technicalities to what's really right and what's uh, socially acceptable, right? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, really? I haven't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I was, but I was I, afraid to say you guys parented the plants. Okay. <laughs> like, oh, I don't want to say anything controversial here, man. Okay. Jeez, it's tough. But Spanish Wind was just a. It, it was a really good building block. Uh, it was a building block block plant that I thought could offer a lot of plants in my collection, uh, a little something. And I had curiosities within it. 
Um, but because I was so curious about it, I made the S1. That's that Spanish moon pack okay, so that you have. And I'm that is super dumb about this. I'm sorry, you were going to explain sure. it. You're back crossing it and crossing it with itself? I'll let Andy explain okay, this. Okay, S1, He'll, he'll be on. able to explain it a little clearer and simpler than me. So S1 is a plant bred into itself. So we took the Spanish moon plant that we had and that you know, we thought was our keeper and we took the female, reversed, reversed it into it. a male and pollinated, pollinated the same thing with it. Got it. And we do that for a variety of different reasons. One was to, there was a lot of variation in the original Spanish moon seed stock. And the one, the real purple one that we really liked, we wanted to do a bit more to isolate those characteristics. So by crossing it with itself, we're taking the dominant traits that our keeper Spanish moon has and putting them, breeding them into the dominant traits of itself. So the seeds of the Spanish moon S1 are a very great, most of the seeds, a large majority of those seeds are a great expression of our keeper. Got it. And that was the way we felt, figured we could get out our keeper of Spanish moon in seed form to people. And as we tested them, most of them were pretty similar to our original, which was really cool to see success like that, something that we worked for multiple generations and do something like that intentionally and get the results we were looking for. So that was when why you do we did that, that. Aren't those wouldn't those be feminized? They were yeah, they would have all feminized. There's only female DNA. Right. Even right. though we take a female and make it in have it produce pollen, there's still there's only female DNA. Yeah. So the chromosomes remain the same. Yep. So then, I mean, there's some, you know, the internet talks and a lot of it makes no scientific sense. People that say that uh, they avoid uh, feminized seeds. They, oh, they harm or whatever. Uh, is there any, I don't, I don't know that there would be any validity in that. If you're taking. So <laughs> back when, I don't know how long ago, maybe 20, 30 or so years ago, maybe even more. When I was a young lad. Uh, yes. <laughs> What a lot of people were making feminized seeds by taking female plants that had male expressions. They would have anthers, pollen produce, producing parts of the male plant. Oh, jeez. And they would take them off of the female and put them back onto another female yeah. and you get female seeds. However, what you're doing is you're breeding a plant that is already <laughs> unstable. It's yeah. a hermaphrodite already. <laughs> what us and many other breeders are doing these days are taking stable seed stock and intentionally reversing getting it to it. produce pollen, reversing yeah. it and putting it into stable seed stock. So therefore you're really, really, really minimizing the idea of having a hermaphrodite plant, which is not ideal. It happens. It's right. why plants produce right. thousands and thousands of seeds per plant because they know they're smarter than we are. They know that not all the seeds are going to be perfect. However, we step in and we kind of help them and we pick phenotypes that are very strong and very stable and cross them with each other in order to minimize that as much as humanly possible. We found uh, intersex traits within both fem feminized seeds and male-female seeds. It's not really one over another. Um, it matters what the parents, if the parents were absolutely. prone to hermaphroditing. And exactly. it also matters how word, stressful of a... <laughs> How stressful of an environment you provide your plants. Um, there's uh, plenty of plants that uh, can be grown that might have those expressions, but if you don't stress them to that extent, those expressions are non-existent. And I've also found plenty of plants through uh, growing all these different varieties that uh, 
More often than not, when you grow them from clone, those expressions never exist again. And I've had that happen from clones that have been gifted to me in the past. Wait, hang on. And seed stock. What do you mean those expressions have never, you're saying from seed? So from seed, you... sometimes uh, the plant might still be a little hormonal and it's really figuring out its balance. And uh, it, it's, it's almost too young. Um, and with a little bit of more age and maturity and a cut from that seed stock that may be a little bit sensitive, it won't be sensitive from when you grow it from clone. It's just the first time. Huh. The hormones and, in the oh, plant so with age. And they also kind of acclimate to your grow environment. Um, you know, like I remember the first time I took in a Gorilla Glue plant, I was gifted a clone and... Uh, and it threw out nanners and a couple sacks the first time I grew it in my environment. I right. grew very aggressively. Um, but once I took a clone and had it in my environment and got it used to uh, my environment, my food, my energy, and all of that, and it was grown from clone, it never expressed those traits again. But it's something that I'm very aware of when I'm choosing what plants to breed. I would choose to not put that into uh, another plant. Sure. Um, or maybe I would because I'm not afraid to grow any of those plants because there's solutions to growing uh, plants that show intersex traits as well without it harming your grow or seeding it out. It's just a skill you have to learn. Um, just like you have to learn the skill of how to get rid of spider mites sure. rather than a clone from somebody else. Sure. Like it's all just various skill levels. What's up with stressing? Do you stress? You said something about stressing your plants. Do you stress them to bring out different phenotypical expressions? You guys do? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. really? Absolutely. Lights, is this secrets? You know, I don't know. No. Yeah, light stress, water stress. <laughs> it's, what are some things that we can do? It's how we select, Not it's not unique to us, <laughs> selecting strong breeding stock. If we know that these plants can handle large amounts of food, uh, large volumes of water, intense light, large temperature swings, things like that, it is m more apt to produce solid offspring rather than offspring that might be more finicky or that might have uh, hermaphrodite tendencies sure. or is difficult to grow. So we do grow in a very aggressive environment and that, as like you said, Scotty, it brings out the phenotypical expressions very strong and very prominent so that we know what the DNA of that plant does. So we know what very strong expressions that we're putting into another plant versus if you say grew plants for the intention of breeding and didn't really push them to their full extent. Right. You don't really know what you're going to get out of the cross because you never really saw what the parents can do. Just as if you was racehorses, you wouldn't breed a racehorse that you've never pushed to its maximum. You only breed sure. champion racehorses. Sure. So it's the same kind of thing. We're looking for those plants that can really, really hold up and really have unique, beautiful strong expressions right yeah, what's really interesting though too about that is uh we've had seed that has we haven't been able to grow very successfully indoors uh like when we stress test them they get really finicky and freak out um but when i have friends with a greenhouse grow them 
they do fabulous. And those expressions do not show in a greenhouse setting. Um, so different kinds of lights at being indoor versus outdoor, um, like outdoors, a lot less stressful. Sure. And so plants that I can't grow indoors, I have friends that crush them outdoors, which is, I find very fascinating. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Matter's been kind enough to hook me up with what half a dozen strains and I just throw them all in the same room, kind of give them all. I don't know, I guess it's barely intense. I, mean, I, call my, I, I treat all my kids the same, all right? I got six kids, throw them all in, in the same bedroom. Everything's <laughs> fine, right? They get along fine. But uh, the gurus actually, he's really into doing the crops during banners into it as well. And they're talking about how certain plants, this cherry paloma likes all this light and this pura vita doesn't like the light and it's kind of bothering them. Mm -hmm. um, is that kind of what you're talking about, about stress, as far as you give them light stress, you can give them anything like that, or trying sure. to figure out these specific stressors that, I want to be a better grower. Light you know? intensity, uh, intensity of food, like stronger concentrations of food, feeding more frequently. Uh, temperature swings. Temperature swings, day to night temperature swings. Got how it. hot can you get your day, and how cold can you get your nights, and how big can that swing be, and what? what do you it? like that? You like having really cold nights? It depends, like, she talks about depends it. it on the it end game. depends on the end game. If Once we're again. doing this for stress testing plants to see what their expressions are and what they can hold up to, right. yes, absolutely. If we were growing to produce as much terpy resinous plants yes. as possible for, you know, hash but extraction. Cold nights. Yeah, maybe and we want And even cooler daytimes. Yeah, it just, it, it, it depends. Or are we growing for mm -hmm. straight biomass? It, it, it depends. Uh, we want bank over here, or, or even just morpho morphologically, how you want to control the plant. If you want it to stretch more, having that big temperature swing at night is going to definitely influence to stretch more. If you want to keep it squat, having like a high nighttime temp a higher nighttime temperature than your daytime temperature is going to help manage that stretch a ton too. There's it's it's really cool though, the little different things you can do that we're all already doing. Uh, but if you're more intentional about it, you can uh, steer the steer the crop a lot more effectively in the way you want it to go. How how do you guys keep track of it all? Oh my uh, god. Is it all my in your head? brain is <laughs> Yeah, I I write more know, things like, down. She's got an I, unbelievable mind that really keeps tabs on all of this. It's so much to juggle and keep track of. It's amazing. It's a constant like chessboard uh, game going on in my head that uh, it happens when I sleep, when I'm awake, when I eat. It it just yeah, I don't these, recommend it. <laughs> is, are these separate tents, or how do y'all keep everything separate? Are we, oh, when we're making the seed? Yeah, when you're making this. I mean, oh, I, yes. Making the seed sounds separately. fun, but cross-pollination sounds like I just have people yelling at me for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's yes. not what it's supposed to be. Yeah, so, you know, for breeding and breeding multiple flavors the way we do, yeah, you can't do it in just one singular tent. You need right. multiple uh, locations uh, in order to... Uh, well, you know, if you want to expedite your work sure. and, and, and keep you know, the pollen separate and keep the breeding, having some integrity and keeping it true. Yeah. This pollen integrity. went on to this plant. That's the most important thing. Integrity. integrity. <laughs> All right, man. I'm, I've been waiting for hours. Know, man. This, this is your time to shine. <laughs> First off. Getting impatient. You going to grow any of those, man? If sure. I were, if I were to hook you up. Sure, man. All right, one for you. We have the, we, we got to give one to the DGC. All right. We have a, a local buddy that's just about to flip the peach maraschino. All right. Excellent. We're very excited. First off, uh, I'm branding myself for the show. 
There we go, man. All right, this is amazing. Thank you so much for this beautiful gift that sounds like it has good stuff inside it. You're welcome. All right, hang on. Some sort of glass. How do we do this, man? I'm not used to classy unboxes. Oh, boy. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm talking about you. I have to, I'm... My first thing I have to check out is Picasso Moon, because I love that song. <laughs> just a stoner, man. It's That's the only nice thing I like about you guys. You guys always have cool musical references. Yeah. <laughs> so, you this know, is because good to be me, yo. we spent so much time uh, wow. growing and, uh, and, and working with the plants and the grows, music is a huge part of our lives. Uh, we, we don't watch TV. We don't have that kind of downtime. So from the minute I wake up till I go to bed... I listen to music and uh, and to listen to that much music, you must listen to a large variety sure, of music for as sure. well. And uh, just certain times you're working on a plant and a song comes on in your head and it's just everything clicks. <laughs> and that's how Picasso Moon came about. Pro tip, any, any show that opens with Picasso Moon is bueno. Smell that and tell me if you think it smells like something that you'd find at Yankee Candle. <laughs> Yeah, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I was just, I was stuck in Sephora with my kid a couple of days ago. It's a makeup place. And I don't know what that smell is there, man. It is the most weirdest, like, aerated it's a mix of smell everything. Guru, where do I put this to, uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. It's incredibly frosty. It's beautiful. All right. Okay. So, Guru, Bud Cam going. Picasso Moon. Bud Cam, Bud Cam is going. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Now, how'd you two kids get together? Mm. How the Picasso Moon is what? Picasso Moon is our Spanish moon. Uh, well, actually, it's Senor Mints into Spanish, Spanish moon. moon. When we did the Spanish Moon pollination, so Spanish Moon, yeah, Senor Mints. And describe that to the to the crew. Man. So Senor Mints is this. Uh, <laughs> Senor Mints is this. Uh, it's a shorter, leafier style plant that has exceptional resin, uh, a very sticky kind of resin, uh, and uh, I just I really I really liked that plant and what that had to offer as far as the resin and the the shortness. And then Spanish Moon is a little bit taller, but it goes purple. And I thought it could use a little bit of that real sticky kind of resin. And so that's why I put those two together. And that's Picasso Moon right there. And that is exactly what I was hoping for in the cross. Not There is some variety in that pack of seeds. I found, um, you know, there's slight variation. Um, but this is the one that, that you have here that, that was truly what my vision with the marriage of those two plants was. And so luckily I found it. Um, sometimes I have to go back into the seeds and hunt even more in order to try to find what I'm looking for. Or even, so say you have diamonds and pearls over there somewhere. My favorite print um, song, yeah. So <laughs> I love it too. Uh, so diamonds and pearls. I have that one is it has the Kate Crasher frost um, and the Spanish moon color, but it doesn't have the smell that I was wanting from it. I did find another diamonds and pearls though that has the smell, but doesn't look as sexy as 
this bud right here. So now I need to put both of those diamond pearls together in order to get a little bit drawn from each of those to hunt what I'm truly searching for, which is going to be a chocolate raspberry fino that looks as beautiful as that bud right there. I want it to have that bag appeal, but with the chocolate raspberry turps. Yeah, yeah, Andy was just telling me. I, I want you to smell this and tell me what it smells like because he's got the nose, man. <laughs> and uh, you're saying that you kind of want to see how much complexity that you can breed into, how much flavor complexity? Well, yeah, how much flavor complexity can we get? Because it's clear that the human mind is able to, the palate is able to pick up very complex flavors. You see it in uh, scotch and whiskey. You see it in wines and sure. things like that, food. And can we get cannabis to have those kinds of complexities? And uh, we're getting closer. Come on, give it to we're me. We're getting man. closer. What do you smell? What's what, what do you got, man? This one, which is, this is the diamonds and pearls. Yeah. Like we should play that Prince song. <laughs> you definitely smell the wedding cake lineage from the cake crasher but it's got a complexity from the spanish moon the spanish moon's got like those dark berry kind of terps so you get like the the wedding cake the gas from the wedding cake but you get definitely notes of dark fruit and things like that the diamonds and pearls as she said we have a uh, uh one fino that smells like raspberry and chocolate and that was completely unexpected when we smelled it. It was, first thing I said was black forest cake. The raspberry chocolate right. cake, that's exactly what this smells like. And when you find something like that, is that, do you reverse that and use that as a, as a male or how, how do you keep that trait? Sometimes we will. Uh, so we, you can, you, that's when sometimes back crossing, you see seeds that are BX. Yeah, uh, I don't know work. what that so, is exactly. When you back cross a plant into one of its parents, you do that generally to isolate one of the traits that you're looking for. So say with the diamonds and pearls, we have the one that smells like chocolate and raspberries. We would cross that back into the parent of our choice, you know, for whatever reason. Say we want to go, it needs to be more purple, say. So we right. go back into the Spanish moon and then we would hunt that offspring to find the one that looks as we want and smells as we want. And we can keep going back further and further generations back into the same parent, isolate a trait that way. And you can also, you could go forward with it too by trying to breed homogenous strains where we get two different diamonds and pearls. Like Beth said, the one with the uh, frost of like the cake crasher and that kind of thing. Right. One with the, the chocolate raspberry scent. We cross those together. We find in the children two of them that are closer to what we're looking for. Like, ah, oh, there's the frost, there's a the smell, cross those together and keep taking that out multiple generations. And if done correctly, after four, five or so generations, right. you could start any of those seeds and really have that phenotype, just that one phenotype. So there's, there's different ways to go about it depending on what your end game is in terms of seed making. So... We have a large catalog of plants that we're working with. So because of that, we were kind of picky about which ones we're choosing to continue working. Right. And which ones it's worth working backwards or forwards. And some, it, it, we, we grow them. They're great, but it's not. Uh, I'm looking for 
in an ideal world, I want a full box of crayons, like a whole 64 Crayola box, like where I have all the flavors, sure. all the colors and something for everyone instead of uh, just working, say, a couple strains and only having orange and yellow in my crayon box. Um, I really want the whole picture. I just wanted to mention that um, I thought it was a six. We used to call it a 64 pack, you know. Mm -hmm. And then when I had to get crayons for my kids, it's now like 128. Wow. So it's actually like a 128 pack now. So I need <laughs> so 128. We have a new goal. We have more work to do then. We have a lot yeah, more work to do. So we'll be busy the next few years. Hey, um, how long have you all been doing this? And we get a lot of people that want to get in the industry. Mm -hmm. And I'd like, how, how would you do something like this? I mean, of course, you need to pay a lot of attention and uh, give a lot of work to it. But yeah, it depends what you're into. Uh, so I started growing back in 08. Uh, and then we started dabbling into actual breeding uh, a few years ago. And this last year is when we started taking it very seriously, where we now finally have two plants from other people's genetics that we've crossed, but now we've taken it a generation out. We've named the plant and now we're working with our own genetics and diving deeper that way. Yeah, some even now um, three plus generations of our own work getting crossed with one another and we're starting to do so with more success. In the beginning, it was, well, we like this plant and this plant. We think they'd go well together, cross it. And right. Wow, look what happened. And now... Now we're taking it more seriously. No, more, and, yeah, more well, seriously. More seriously and more, more directional. More directional. Um, and we're able to do so with a bit more predictability because we're getting used to how, you know, these are our strains that we've made now that are multiple generations of our work. And we know how these dominant characteristics and traits breed. So when we're putting certain strains together, we're hitting the mark more frequently, which is really nice. But as far as like how people get into it, so you're asking how people would get into like yeah. what are you asking sure. about like growing like in general? Oh, how really I or, where you've gotten to with breeding and uh, it's just, oh, it's, you, yeah. well, you have to have a, a certain amount crushing, of being I'm not crazy. Crushing, I'm not <laughs> you, know that. you have to have a certain amount of nuts uh, in yourself to do this kind of work um, uh, to the extent that we do. Uh, it, it, it's you, you have to really love what you're doing. You have to have a passion that is greater than travel that is greater than going out with your friends that is greater than everything else in life so you can truly go down that wormhole and give it your all that that that's what i think uh breeding is for i think people that really want to geek out on genetics and in, in a in a really special rewarding way um it's and yeah, and you, you do have to be a little crazy to begin with, and it's going to make you even more crazy as you continue. Um, it's a really fun path, though. I don't mind it at all. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, do, something you, <laughs> do something you love. You'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, I'm it's true. I'm going to work today, I think. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I think I'm just smoking weed with my friends. I'm curious. Uh, you guys have so many flavors here, mm -hmm. and I know that you talk about them a lot, so you must enjoy them a lot. Mm -hmm. What are you doing when you're enjoying them? Are you just talking about them? Or do you guys like to do something else? Oh, like like just hanging out and like, let's try. Is it like one at a time? You know, uh, uh, yes, it is one at a time. So, you know, when we first 
made Cajun Moon. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the the plant that I'm really excited about currently that I'm working because so a lot of this uh, previous work that you see here. Mm -hmm. um, that is all stuff that we made two years ago, but it's now just finally coming into fruition. So Cajun Moon's a plant that we found. Oh man, what we made that we made that a couple years back. Yeah, and people are finally going to start seeing it. Like with uh, let's see, yeah, that alligator wine. Yeah, it's over here. Yeah, and Keep so, a couple of these out of your reach, Banner. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was the question? <laughs> so no, I, I like okay. So, uh, so that's why I'm we, not smoking yet. All right. <laughs> there's there's just there's a lot going on here, and so I know that you put a lot of time and energy into like not only growing them all but processing them all, and then the best part, I think, that's right? right the enjoying them. So yes. I'm just trying to understand. So it like put myself in your shoes, which is oh my god, I'm I have all of these uh, things to try. Yes. And we're just going to hang out. And so like and on our small, like, you know, our local friends, so, you know, like we run like a pack at a time. Right. And it's pretty exciting when someone has new finos and then, you know, like we'll hang out. And then, you know, when you take some home, like the next the, the next day for the first smoke of the day, that's when you're going to try something. Right. So it's you know, you get full, yes. full effects. Right. And then the next day you have another one. Yep. And I'm just saying, like, how do you guys keep up? Well, we pick one and smoke that one for probably, you know, two, three days. Uh, it's well, it's our wake and bake or okay. at the end of the day. What I really like doing is at the end of the day, I love relaxing and I'll put on a record before I go to bed. Okay. I like to put on a record, grab a jar, get really stoned. Awesome. And, uh, you know, maybe throw a, a play a game of darts. Okay. Um, while, while I, while I smoke and listen to a record and, uh, that's where I gain a lot of inspiration um, for the next day is what, in those moments. What are you guys smoking right now? Right. What do you what, what's the what's the but, two to three uh, day like or what are you focused on now or what's your I know you said before that you really like the Cajun moon. Yep. That's what this is. Yes. Right? Now, now the Cajun moon gets Cajun me moon? ripped. Yeah, like, I think that's the one I just gave you. Shit, that's I what I'm starting with. It gets you ripped. <laughs> <laughs> Say bye bye. Scotty, go bye bye. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> we just uh it's a weed show, dude. It's okay. <laughs> we just went through a jar of the I see you have the Mars Hotel Peach Maraschino. We just went through a jar of that, and that was really uh that was a fun last couple days. <laughs> so uh you say Mars, so I have I think these are related, right? Life on Mars and Mystic Martian. Correct. These, so as I'm Mars smelling Maraschino. all of these, and they're all really good. These two have sort of Kind of come over my way a little bit more. You're a chem <laughs> lover. You, you yeah, love okay. Chem. Yeah, I do. So I'm not Guilty. surprised that you went that direction because you have chem that was the backbone in that direction. Okay. Um, and so this is the Stardog 9 or correct. has Stardog 9 in it. So Mars Hotel was the Stardog 9 cross with Cherry Punch. Okay. That made Mars Hotel. And then uh, we found a male that we really liked. And we took that male, and that male is what made Mystic Martian. We also found a female. Oh, and the Mystic Martian was... Uh, Dude, come on. The, <laughs> that's the Mars Hotel male crossed with a strain called Half Pint, which is like a fruity red candy. Runs times horchata, I think, is the half pint. Yeah. So that's fuel? What is that? Uh, this, by the way, this is my day every day. Banner, that's fuel, that's fruity, that's sour. <laughs> I don't know, man. He's There's so much going me. on here. My nose is probably fried. I was going to move on to, like, actually tasting them. <laughs> I, no, before you taste. You so, 
Give me that. You got to taste this one. That's man. why we only get into one strain at a time because there is so much going on and you can get wires crossed. Try yeah. Cajun your, Moon. Your palate changes, you know, morning, noon, night, if you've eaten, if you haven't eaten, what you've eaten, what you've drank. So by getting into a, you know, one strain for a little bit, we get to see the effects the day, the night. Sometimes, right. yeah. you know, you wake and bake with one and go, oh, yeah. wow, maybe we're going to have to cancel a few things. Today. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm Rearrange not, the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. We were talking earlier about how, you know, like around here, we're always talking about Lovin's Weed. You yeah. Know? But um, quite honestly, it is, I think, some of the most nuanced weed that I have I ever come across. Like there's just a lot going on there. And it's not the, it's like a challenge. Like when you, when you guys ask me to smell this, I'm like, man, I kind of know what it is, but like it has, it isn't something that I've smelled before directly. It's a combination of things and it makes it hard at first to be like, oh, that's lemon. You know what I mean? Sure. And so like hats off to you guys for making like something that's just so interesting. But where's the one? It is so interesting Thank and you. unique. And that's kind of the enjoyment of it, at least for me. Like you guys brought up stuff to, sh to share and that's really cool. Thank you. That it's the enjoyment cool. for us as well. That's cool. what keeps it. Um, okay. It's what keeps it interesting. It's more of what we do. It's what we're choosing, how we're choosing to spend our day and time. Um, instead of, yeah. Talk about these guys. I, I love them so much. They give me the best hours of their day, of their year, of their lives. You yeah. know, come over here and help me, you know, build real growers to help us all build dude grows. But it's a joy. Joy for me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so did you try this yet? I did. And that's why I pass it to you. All I right. have no idea. I'm going to try it, it right now. Like. Well, you don't have any idea. Spice. I thought it was spicy. <laughs> what one me is it? The, the, the Cajun, Cajun moon. moon, of course I'm saying that, but it had a weird flavor where I'm like, okay, that's probably why they named it Cajun. I do kind of get a little bit of the spice and you guys are going to laugh, but I get like a little bit of barbecue-y kind of. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that's what I mean, man. It's like being outside a Cajun restaurant or something. So yeah. I busted out, last week I busted out packing <laughs> tape as a description of terpenes and everybody tape was, packing man. tape. Yeah. Everybody was like really... I like it. It's like the better than the fresh it, tennis balls one. That's a good. That's a good. Term. You know, it's kind of funny, but it's it's true. It's sometimes it's easier to relate the smells and the effects, like because the smell and taste can be totally different. Too, yeah, but to relate them to objects that have sense, like packing tape or you know whatever whatever it might be, there it can just it triggers a certain yeah thing I, in your brain and. This is awesome because it's cool that you guys already know kind of like what it is. Like you've spent time with it. So like you, you know, yeah. and then so what's interesting for me is that when I, I try it and I describe it um, and Scott's trying it at the same time. And it's curious for me, like if I use a word, whether or not he kind of feels the same thing. Sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, man, that's exactly what it is. But other times you're like, eh. but it did just happen. Uh we were just talking, Andy handed me one, I smelled it, and I was like, I don't know, it smells almost rotten fruity to me. Look, I'm trying to fit in here, okay? And he goes, no, it's toast with butter and grape jelly smeared on it. And of course, I see smells, and he goes, oh yeah, totally. It's uh, toast and butter, grape jelly on it. Yep. I do get the grape jelly part, mm -hmm. but uh, I mean, how much of that is painting a picture for people, too? I'm sure there's a little bit of it, you know? So well, it's meaning like pancakes. I smell pancakes and I'm like, smells like pancakes. I mean, so a person's palate, both the taste and the nose is something that can be developed. It's just like you could go to the gym and work out and get stronger. You could do things with your mind to have a better memory. Your palate's the same way. 
And if you train your palate and you really think about what it is and you start relating it to other things that you've smelled or ate or drank or experienced, you can train your palate to start picking up on flavors and subtleties that you have more more of a reference yeah you have more of a reference and it 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 takes time it's not something that happens overnight and it is something that i feel it it takes some focus i mean i remember when i first started smelling her flowers it was oh yeah trying whatever and now it's getting more it's getting more nuanced because i've spent the time you know i spent my time with my nose in the jars just what sure. is this? What is this? And then it might be I'm making breakfast the next day and it's like, oh, that smells like the mandolin rainbow, jelly and butter. That's, sure. That's it. That's the smell, but I couldn't place it. You know, before you were saying that, uh, you know, like, how do you get the from an eight to a 10 out of 10? And, you know, I think that a lot of the like I, I see this is way up there and it's because of all the, the subtlety to it. I think that's the part that really takes all the extra work is like pulling out that. I don't know. It's just the wide variety of protein or proteins. Yeah. See <laughs> that Cajun moon. is. Uh, I'm telling you, man, my ears are raised up a little bit and they're kind of burning. I'm not going to lie. The Cajun moon kind of kicked me up a notch. Yeah. It really did. No, no joke. One bowl of it though, man. You know, I can sit here. I have to smoke joints because a bowl don't do shit to me. <laughs> But I'm pretty and, it, and it was I'm good, but um, this this is I really like this. The life on Mars. Yeah, mm-hmm. the taste of this. Want to try it? Yes. Here, smell. <laughs> I'm not responsible for anything. Tag, you're it, man. Right All on. right. <laughs> so yeah, what's interesting about Mars Hotel is you know we we put cherry punch Jeez. in a star dog in order to give it a a little bit Ooh, more of a look. bag appeal, and. Uh, and in doing so, I was looking for something specifically that had chem and cherry turps. And that's, yeah, I'll try that all day long. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely up my alley. And so now exactly that we had that like. chem and cherry turps, <laughs> now I'm kind of going down that wormhole a little bit deeper and I'm trying to find the exact structure I'm looking for. I'm wanting it to have a nice, dense structure. Okay. I would like it to finish in 63 days or less. Because bottom line, most growers need plants, not need, but they have a desire for that instant gratification. You want to be able to grow it and you don't want to have to grow it for 14 weeks. Also, the the skill level it takes to grow a plant and keep it healthy for 14 weeks of bloom is very uh, intense. And so I, I want something that's dense, something that's 63 days or less. Um, and I want to play around and see what other terpenes and scents I can add into that and see if we can build upon it or if it's just going to turn to a brown mud kind of smell. Um, and so that's why you see the mystic Martian. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's the other one that kind of drifted towards me. Yeah. You see that, you see the Mars maraschino, you see the life on Mars. They're all renditions, um, they're all a different take on Mars Hotel and marriages that we thought could add something. So then we have to grow those seed and find if that actually offers us what our intent was behind making that cross. And sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's nothing you even thought would happen. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you, you get, get it and go, what, what is the, uh, so, uh, 
Mystic Martian. This is Mars and what? And Half Pint. Half Pint, that's right. Yep. And Half Pint's this really, uh, it's a, a really red, uh, colorful, uh, very resinous and fruity uh, kind of plant. And so I thought that that kind of fruit and red color and density could really help the Mars Hotel uh, Fino and give it a little bit more bag appeal and maybe give it a little bit more fruit. I want that underlining chem and I want the weight, the yield of the chem. The chem gives it a good yield, yeah. but I want more bag appeal right. and a little bit more fruit into it. And so I'm playing around and that's how Mystic Martian came about. And those are male female seeds. That's going to be uh We'll be releasing those in the near future because I'm very happy with how that cross came out. And I think a lot of growers could have fun uh, with both the males and females in that pack and uh, and have their own uh, fun and interpretations Dude, of what so they good. think they want to do with it. Right. This Whether is, they want to smoke it, breed it, wh whatever. This is awesome. That's what, is that what this is? Smoke? It's just awesome. Like this is my my style. Right? Yeah, yeah. I love that. I remember you being a chem lover. You love chems, and you were liking that. Like you like the lemon and yes. oranges, like the citrus. The Did you? I guess oh, I cool. smell that chem. Chem's got a very specific smell. Yeah. Okay, I, I get it. There's, I get like, a, I don't know. It's like it's like juicy fruit with like tangerine kind of. And it's then, and then more the chem forward. Yeah, well, the chem crosses. The chem's really dominant, so it was kind of cool to be able to make something where the chem took a little bit more of a backseat to some of the other flavors that bloom in there. Yeah, and it's got the. So I'm a big fan of that. Sticks to your tongue afterwards too. Like I can still right. taste it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. That tangy. Like that's why I like the citrus. It just. I just find right. those are the terps that seem to linger around on your tongue. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> lemon, you can't get rid of it. Even, yeah. even your glass jars, like after I'm done flowering and I'm, I'm curing my, my lemon strains or orange strains in glass, right. uh, it, it, that scent just doesn't leave the glass. Like I always have to buy new jars because I can't put anything else yeah, in that Yeah, it just jar. lingers. Yeah, it's it's strong. Stains. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the next one, if you if you don't mind, uh, I wanted to move on to is there are a few jars here, and you'll have to remind me the others. Uh, alligator wine is one, but it mm -hmm. legit smells like wine and cheese. If you <laughs> if you had cheese on like a board. And a glass of, I'm going to say red wine, like right there. And you kind of hovered over it. Right. You, All that, right. Now that you've given it. Well, first off, hi, C. You got a guess in those. What do you think, man? Yay or nay? What, what's the other one that's got that wine cheesy? Cajun Moon. Cajun. And Cajun Moon is a parent to Oh, yeah. We just had that. Cajun Moon. Wine. Okay. Yeah, just yeah, had yeah. that. Yes. Yeah, so Cajun okay. Moon is a parent to Alligator Wine. It's a Cajun Moon was put into uh, Mars Hotel. The same male that made the Mystic Martian. Yes. Hey, can I steal some of your nomenclature, man, when I'm trying to fit in? I'd be like, ready? Sure. Ready? It's not mine. <laughs> mm, it's really fruit forward, man. <laughs> not bad, man. Right on. Yeah, no. But that's interesting. Like, I've never smelled anything like that. I, yeah, I get the wine. I get the wine. Yeah, right? Give it a little squeeze. And the Do cheese it. is kind of that really? like sweet, sweet sour oh, funk right. a little bit. Don't look. Break, break open. Don't look. Just break off a little nug on the bottom and get in there. 
Yeah. And does it taste <laughs> like get, wine and wine. cheese? I get wine in there. But, uh... Yeah, no joke, It is meant man. to be smoked, all right? It, it is. is meant, we're going to light it on fire soon. I'm sorry. I know. Well, right? I, I want it to look pretty enough that you don't want to smoke it. And did then we show you this smoke off? it and you can't stop smoking it. That's the goal. All right. <laughs> I don't know if we showed that. Yeah, yeah, so show that one off. And then uh, this is the one where, now this is fun because it's two Finos of the same yes. parents. So um, Soul Kitchen 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. So we hunted through a bunch of them and I narrowed it down and I renamed them the one and the two. And I like the look and bud structure of one and I like the terps of the other. Oh, so what we're going to do is R2 those and we're going to put those two together in hopes to get this look into that and that terp together. So R2 is reversing these two plants? And reversing one of them, or sorry, one of them, the and then other. sorry, putting these two together. It's yep. two because these are, or it's the second, second cross. generation. Okay. Yep. yep. But as you can tell, this one has much more bag appeal. Like you just look at that, and that's just gorgeous. It does. I love that, and look at the density. It's nice and dense. It's beautiful. Like as far as I'm concerned, that has a perfect visual right appeal. Uh, but this is the one that has the nose. So to your point earlier, we all have our different goals, and for me, I would much rather have this one because of the terps. But two, I love bud like this because this just breaks off into nice little pieces where I feel like these can get a little hard. Okay. That's being super, super like annoying. Um, <laughs> no, but my point preference. is that. But my point is that like yeah, everybody's got kind of a different take on it, which is really interesting. That's what's fun about breeding. Um, so for me, I, I get to go down my own creative path of what I like within the plants, and I get to, to create my vision. Um, and that's why I think it's fun, and everybody should uh, once they get comfortable with their garden uh, to maybe consider breeding because they can then uh, create their own uh, vision. And uh, it, it's it's just a really cool part of cannabis that uh, I, I when I entered it, when I entered the breeding world, I just knew that this is just something that's pretty special. Yeah. Like that, that it's taken my relationship with the plant to a whole new level to be able to uh, create my own creative visions. And some people are going to like them and some aren't. Um, and if, you know, it, it, differences exist in this world. And I don't expect everybody to think my vision is the way, you know? Right. Like, I, yeah. like, like I found it fascinating that you, you chose you like the look of the one that I only enjoyed the terps of. Yeah. But that's what's so neat about this plant is that, uh, you know, it, it, it'd be a boring yeah. world if everybody liked black olives. Yeah, you know? totally. Like some people like black right. olives on their pizza, some like pineapple. He'll freak out if I put pineapple on pizza. It should be legal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. It is. It is. Um. I mean, just it takes a bit, like literally years to appreciate it all, I think, like to, to really understand someone that's gone through all the time and effort to do it. But if you start doing it for yourself for, for a few years, um, you know, dialing into exactly what you want, like you were saying, uh, you know, the best weed to smoke is, the, you know, weed you grew. Yeah. And then just the idea that, you know, over time you get exposed to more 
strains, you run more seeds, your friends give you more cuts, whatever, and you have a wider reference point, you develop a palate and you discover what really you really, really like. Right. And that's the time where I think it gets really exciting. And I because it's it's exactly what you want. You know what I mean? You like, I don't know, there's something about weed that is very super personal to everybody, I think. Maybe it's something about the terpene profile, but it's like everybody's looking for the one. You know what I mean? You but it's the one back. for them, though. Exactly. And that's the whole thing. It's like it's the one for you, and it takes a while to find it. And so all I'm trying to say is for people who are just starting, it takes years to, like, kind of get that dialed in. And it's a fun process, and you learn a lot of stuff along the way. But I just I'm trying to appreciate the amount of time and effort that it takes to get to that level is really what I'm trying to say. Can I ask a question real quick? Get in here, man. Yeah. Okay. So the very first time I smoked weed, I didn't get high. And I didn't get high like the second or third time either. It wasn't until the fourth time that I actually felt the high. And it was catnip. I, no, when I first came into <laughs> here, I could when I started first working with you guys, I couldn't tell the difference between the smells. It all just smelled like weed. But now that I'm getting these different reference points, I'm able to pick that. But until my brain had something to associate it with, I think I got high the first time I smoked, but I just couldn't realize it. My brain couldn't realize it. Um, is that a common experience where people that are, these all would have smelled the same to me eight months ago, but now that I have something to associate it with, it actually clicks in my brain and he's saying, oh, it smells like toast and butter and, and jam. And I'm like, yeah, I can smell all that. But before, when I first came in, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Sure, sure. I mean, you're learning young Padawan. <laughs> yeah, like Andy was saying earlier, like you can, you develop a palate over time. Exactly. It, it, it takes practice. Any anything. So you're that everybody. Practice. practice uh, see Nate when he started, he was a one hit guy, man, one and done. Now he's up to when he does the third hit. I'm like, oh shit, I don't know what's going <laughs> to happen now. Yeah, I smoked a joint. I'm like, oh, put out the cot. Yeah. But quite honestly, I mean, it's not really any different from wine in a lot of ways. No, I mean that's mm -hmm. what people are doing. Like it, it, people laugh about how you describe wine, right? But if you drink a shit ton of wine and have had a, you know, all sorts of types, you're probably able to recognize the difference between them. You know True. what I mean? Yeah. It just it takes a lot to get there, a lot of drinking. All I can think about is a wine cellar. And can we pull that off? Can you keep cannabis long-term, really high quality, and keep all the turfs? Because wouldn't that be wonderful to have a collection? No. No? And you got to <laughs> smoke it? No. You spread it. Okay, so if you have extra weed, you spread it around to your friends and family. And, <laughs> then, and then you don't want to save it because hopefully you're still growing something new and different. And fresh. Maybe Lovin doesn't come visit me for now. Who the hell knows? You know what just happened these past couple of years, man? It got weird. What a stockpile of Lovin weed, all right? <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> you know? no, it'd be cool. I was I was uh, sick over the weekend, so I was laying. I know I'm sick when I lay in bed and the TV's on, and I'm like, hey, this is pretty good. And I, I know that something's fucked up in my brain because that never happens. And it was like some real estate show showing, like, uh, you know, these mansions and that had like these wine rooms, and tasting rooms, cigar rooms and stuff. And I was like, dude, a weed room would be cool where you just had jars. And, you know, these guys have wines from 35 years ago. Imagine if you had like a vintage cannabis or, you know, an old, you had somebody yes. famous sure. grew. Yeah, Jack Herr grew this. It's worth a fortune, you know. I, that is interesting. Yeah, you know, it'd be to, just cool. start vintaging weed. A little bit, but I don't know if you could do it. Do you think it can be done? 
if if it doesn't get oxidized over and over again, I think like there there gets to a point like where yeah. it will oxidize so much that it's you know it starts to then get worse. Just like you'll notice if you go into uh, into say like a store. You'll notice that oftentimes the cannabis is a little bit more brown or oh, yeah. darker. You don't oh, yeah. see as many Amber, of the Amber, I think colors. is the word. Do you ever just go outside and cry after you go to the dispensary? I, I won't. I, I haven't been in one in years. Uh, so yeah, it's I a little bit of a bummer. Man. I think you could, we store it for some time. We'll keep samples of the same strain, say, for example, the Cajun Moon, and we'll grow it out multiple times, and we keep samples off of each harvest right. to be able mm -hmm. to see how the plant, as we talked earlier, develops hormonally. So it, it sure. produces maybe a little bit of a different scent or a different color or whatever, and see how it ages over a little bit of time, and we'll do that. But after so long, it just gets smoked or gets sure. a little friend or something. Yeah. Something happens to it. Yeah. Colorado crumble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you were to store it, not pop the lid and you have the right thinking. amount of humidity within the jar and it was perfect and you never pop that lid, then it wouldn't oxidize and you could maintain it in a temperature controlled environment. And I do believe that you would get uh, some decent longevity off of yeah off of it and not only that i uh, just you know think about like cool, a, a, man. yeah like a six month year long too long cure of something that has the right humidity so wow, after that's 10 years cool. what would happen after 20 i don't years? know what would happen know. after 10 would it age like a fine wine no would one can turn keep it around that long yeah that's <laughs> cool guru what do you think man think you'll be done you you, you took chemistry uh, I, if you had some like argon or neon or something, yeah, I feel like you could probably do it. Mm, you can really taste the argon. Put that on the shopping list. <laughs> Isn't that the shit that makes my light glow, man? Neon I don't, story, I don't think I'm smoking. Huh? I don't think I'm smoking the neon, yeah. You know? No, the strain tastes any... like 1988. <laughs> <laughs> That's, awesome. That's awesome, man. I don't know. I think we did a bunch of talking. I had a great time hanging out. Um, I'd like to now just get stoned with the bejizmo belts. You know? <laughs> I was going to say, I can only sit over here and listen to this just awesome cool. weed being talked about for so long. <laughs> I'm like, I got to tell the Oh, yeah, you want to go hang out? I'm going to hang out on Discord afterwards, absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah, There's yeah. less pressure there, brother. Good. <laughs> All right, y'all. We're going to go hang out. Uh, patrons, uh, this has already happened. But you'll know, man. You'll know because we're going to let you know on Discord. We're going to be hanging out afterwards. A little after party, right? Sounds I'm gonna go fire good. up the time machine, bro. That's when I get loose. To the dabulence. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the dabulence exists, right? We're hanging out. I love out. the dabulence. All right, we're doing <laughs> it, man. Next event. All right, take it easy, all y'all. Hey, hang on one second. How do we find you again? Oh, the the best way is visit our website, okay. loveandinnerize.com. L-O-V-I-N-I-N-H-E-R-E-Y-E-S yep. dot com. Yep. Absolutely. Ding. See that, yes. man? And sign up for our email newsletter. We come out with email newsletters. We don't try to spam the email list, but we, right. uh, we inform people there where what seeds we're working on, what genetics we're working with, sure. and how to obtain them if they're interested. Very cool. I love it. All right, y'all. It's so amazing when you visit. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. Well, it ain't over yet. <laughs> it's always <laughs> nice seeing you guys. All right, great hanging out. All right, DGC, take it easy, all y'all. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And we
Take a little break That means we're lighting up a dude 